What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Transform Podcast. As always, my name is Caleb Rutherford, and I'm your host, and I'm so grateful that we have an opportunity to close out this season number five of this particular podcast here at the Scattered Abroad Network. It's hard to believe another season has already passed, but grateful that you have stuck with me uh, throughout this entire process. Maybe this is your first episode. If that's the case, that's okay, too. Grateful to have you nonetheless. Uh, if you've been with us for the last couple of episodes, you know that we've been having some guests on to help close out uh, this entire season uh, as we have been looking over this passage of Second Peter chapter 1 and talking about this idea of transforming into Christian living. What exactly does that look like? What exactly does that entail? We've talked a lot about that over the course of this uh, of this season. Um, and then on the last couple of episodes, we've had some guys come on and talked about this particular passage and some of the things that it means to them as it concerns uh, the way that a Christian ought to live and what that person should look like uh, out in the world. And to help us close out our entire season, had to bring in the big guns, the, the closure tonight. <laughs> uh, but no, 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 I'm grateful to have uh, Ben McDonald on the podcast. Ben has been on uh, many times before, uh, so he is no stranger if you've been with us for quite some time. Uh, but Ben, appreciate you taking some time and joining me today. Yeah, it's been a little bit, but I'm excited to excited to be back and go through this discussion with you. Absolutely, man. Ben and I are uh, good friends. Had the pleasure of uh, preaching his wedding. Uh, I guess at the time of this recording, just over a year, isn't it? Yeah, a man, year. Just over like a year and four days, maybe. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. That's that's pretty awesome. Time flies. Uh, <laughs> it sure does. Sure does. But. Uh, Certainly appreciative of the friendship that Ben and I are able to share. Uh, as we talk about um, th this idea of what does living the life of a Christian mean to you, uh, Ben, obviously this entire season, um, I have been going through Second Peter chapter 1, 1 through 12, and then I've asked, I think, three or four guys before you to already talk about this. So, um, And I know that this is really a broad question, I suppose, because there's so much information um, in this particular question, but I'm just going to go and ask it and let you take it away. What does this passage of scripture mean to you as it pertains to someone who is supposed to be living a life of a Christian? Well, I think when we go through and we read that text, uh, verses one through 12 there, second Peter chapter, uh, chapter one, I think we're really seeing how Peter's kind of laying the groundwork for what uh, Christian life really does look like, you right. know, we see, and we'll get to it in a second, but like in verses five through seven, we see this kind of list and it's a pretty extensive list, but it's not right. really, I wouldn't say it's a comprehensive list. Sure. There's obviously more to it, but it's pretty extensive of what a Christian life should look like. But I find it interesting too. We, we begin there in verse uh, three, uh, it starts out by saying that, you know, we've been given everything and anything that we need. And that's through God's word. So everything that we need to know can be found in his, in his word. And then I, uh, I love there in verse four, we can kind of see him again, laying the groundwork uh, for establishing the fact that uh, as Christians, we're to be different from the world. And I think that's what we'll get into here in just a couple minutes here. Um, but it's through, uh, through this knowledge of, of Christ and through his word that we have, uh, we're given the promises of something better. And it talks about an escape uh, from the world. And then of course, as we mentioned, verses five through seven, uh, I find it interesting talking about these kind of building blocks uh, for living uh, the Christian life. And it says that these things take work, it says to be yeah. diligent in them, right. diligent in the sense of a constant effort, being persistent. Um, but I do one thing I want to mention too, I find it interesting that it all ends with love. Sure. Um, I'm reminded of first Corinthians 13, where, you know, the great chapter on love, how it talks about, you can do all these grand things, but if you don't have love, it profits you nothing. So I found it interesting there that, that, that whole list 
um, ends with love. And of course, we see there in verse 8 that if you do this, you will grow in the knowledge of Christ. And there we see is another promise that has been given to us. So it's having our focus on these things is going to help us be uh, separate from the world. So I really kind of think that's what um, trying to, like you said, it's a very broad passage, but right. if we try and narrow it down, that's probably what I can think of the most in the sense of looking at that as, as building blocks to uh, what a Christian uh, a Christian's life should look like. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting, like you kind of mentioned, you, you know, you look at it, how he begins it. Um, first, he, you know, talked about the diligence you have to have, but then he says, you know, and I think I've said this already uh, on one of these episodes, but he talks about adding to your faith, implying that you already have to have faith, right, in order for this process to work. But then he ends it with love. So he begins with faith, ends with love. Uh, I think that's interesting, too, because if you go, um, and I, this just popped in my head, you think about um, in Colossians chapter 3, um, where he talks about as the elect of God putting on these particular aspects, these characteristics. But then he says in verse 14, but above all these put on what put on love. So again, the emphasis there talking about how love is such that it's a crucial um, key component to that. In fact, um, and I, the reason why this, this popped in my head out, Kaylin and I were talking, she's speaking on a ladies day here in a couple of days on Colossians chapter three. And one of the things we noticed was in verse 14, he talks about, but above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. That word bond in the Greek is the word used for ligament. So basically kind of showing you it's that which holds that, you know, holds the body together. It is that which is exercised to make sure the body is what it should be. Um, so I think obviously that that's extremely crucial, extremely important. I think it's interesting too, you mentioned, um, he talks about, you know, the, the kind of the, the escape, right, that you can get from this life, those promises, that exceedingly great and precious promises, not just a promise, it's something that's, you know, this amazing, magnificent promise. Um, and there's that promise of escape, but you have to do what? Well, you need to implement these characteristics into your life, right, in order for us to be who we're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned Colossians chapter three. Well, there in verse two, we talk about set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. I think that's where uh, we really can escape that corruption of the world that we read here in Second uh, Peter chapter one. It's when our focus is on things above. It's when our focus is on Christ. Right. You know, think about Philippians chapter four. You know, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, anything virtue and anything pra- praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And so that's what I think of. You know, the, the very first step as far as living the Christian life is to put our focus on Christ and right. to set in mind on heavenly things, on things above and not on, not on things that's earth. Right. And it's, it's, I mean, we could, we could just talk about Colossians three here, but you continue right. reading, right? Um, how do you do that? Well, verse four in Christ who is our life, right? He's not just a part of our life, but he literally is the life that we live. Um, you appear with him in glory. Therefore, because of that, what do you do? Well, in addition to all of these characteristics, you also have to put to death, right? Put away that lifestyle and look to the new life. Uh, that you're supposed to live. So obviously a lot of things, it's interesting, isn't it, to, to see how all of these things kind of are able to intertwine together um, and make a make a cohesive thought of showing that you, that as Christians, we're supposed to live a certain specific way. Um, and 2 Peter chapter 1 helps us do that um, in all of these things. Um, I think you alluded to this a little bit already, but talk about this idea of transforming, right? Obviously, again, the whole kind of basis for this podcast, but how different, you know, our lives should look um, as they're compared to the world and this, you know, whole idea of transforming ourselves in that way. Well, I think, I mean, the obvious answer, I mean, I think our lives as Christians should be very different from the world. Right. Um, Of course, we know that there's nothing new under the sun, but it would seem as if uh, maybe lately in recent months, maybe years, the world in our, at least for our generation, seemingly is getting worse. 
But again, nothing new under the sun. Right. It's nothing that generations before us haven't dealt with uh, either. But I think our lives should be very different uh, from the world, you know. And I think um, actions speak louder than words. So therefore, our, our actions, our example needs to be different, you know. So it's different enough that people see us and they, they know by our example uh, where we stand, what we believe in. And, you know, many, uh, many times our lives are going to be even complete opposite of the actions of those in the world. Right. You know, think about Acts chapter 17 when uh, talking about the, the apostles, how they had turned the world upside down. You know, they completely flipped the world on its head because it was so different from everything the people thought they knew uh, in the world. So I think uh, it requires us to be, to be very different. And as we know, being a Christian requires change. And so our, our lives have to be, look different. Otherwise, you know, what's, what's the point? Right. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I think, too, um, it can be kind of discouraging, I think, sometimes, you know, for us as Christians, we're, we're called to live this, you know, certain specific way uh, of life. And we look around at our world and we see other people perhaps maybe prospering in ways that we think maybe it's unfair because, you know, they're living worldly lives, lives that are not according to the scriptures. But I'm reminded of the book of Habakkuk, right? When the prophet uh, is, is he's, he's confused. He doesn't understand why these wicked nations are prospering. But um, God responds to him in chapter one of verse five, where he says, look among the nations and watch, be utterly astounded for I will work a work in your days, which you would not believe though it were told you. And he talks about how he's going to raise up the Chaldeans to overthrow these people and such. So I think just a pro just a reminder really of the promises of God that he's going to be with us. He's going to take care of us if we live that different life, um, understanding, you know, there's a bigger picture in mind, a greater goal in mind than what we can just see right here in front of us. Um, and if we keep that in mind, I think that helps us look different or it helps remind us why we need to look different from the world and to continue living uh, different from the world as well. Right. Well, then back to our original text, Second Peter 1, we look at verses 10 and 11, talking about that, that if we do these things that, that he's mentioning, you know, adding to our faith, virtue, and, and so on and so forth, that that's, that we'll never stumble. Right. And doing those things is how we're going to enter that eternal, that everlasting kingdom. Right. So right here, he's laying it out for that. That's what, you know, that's what the Christian life should look like. And when we do those things, though, that's when those promises come true. Yeah. You know, I find it, we talk about just being different from the world. You know, as we mentioned there, the world is, is corrupt and being a Christian requires change as we mentioned before, but I think in first Corinthians chapter six, where again, Paul is kind of listing this pretty, again, extensive list of sins, not necessarily, you know, comprehensive, obviously, but pretty extensive. And um, he goes through all these things and says that these people, these sinners, these partakers in this uh, particular sins will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. But yet he gets to verse 11 and says what? He says, and such were some of you, right. yet you've been washed, sanctified, and justified. You've been changed. You're transformed. You did do these things, but now you've been uh, cleansed through the blood of Christ. And so now you're no longer taking part in those things anymore. So that living the Christian life is change yeah absolutely it's all about changing like you know we've talked you and i've talked about this many times you know we've been close for quite some time now and we've been through a lot of big life changes um you know different jobs um you know relationships marriage things like that um and change uh, you know as you and i know very well is not easy to go through it's not fun to go through nobody looks forward to going through change 
Um, but like you mentioned, um, change brings about an opportunity, you know, for growth. It brings an op- about an opportunity to improve specifically within this particular context, right? Talking about someone who is changing from the world uh, into living the life of a Christian because there is something far greater and far better uh, that we're living for. Um, and that's why we make that change because there's something greater and better um, for, for us in this life. So let me ask you this. How important is it then as we're going through this, right? You're, you're someone who is a Christian. You're living your life according to the scriptures. How important is it to continually self-analyze? Not just do it in the sense of like when you become a Christian, right? You analyze yourself. You understand there's sin. There's, you know, you need the, 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 to be washed uh, by the blood of Jesus. You need to be cleansed. So you do that. How important is it, though, to continue doing that, to continue self-analyzing your life um, as you continue living the life of a Christian? Oh, it's very important. Um, I think assessment is the only way that you know how things are going. Assessment is the only way that you know how you're doing. I think about um, maybe the the concept of of losing weight. Now, if anyone who's listening knows us, they know that we like (laughs) to be a little bit. We do. But we also go through stretches where we like to be, we'll be healthy and we're trying to um, make ourselves healthier. Right. Well, you can't simply put yourself on a diet and, um, just go through several weeks, maybe months, even years without ever checking your progress. You know, you'll never know how you're doing. Now it's possible you can have improvement, but you won't know. And so therefore where's the motivation there? Right. You have to consistently self analyze, consistently check ourselves in everything that we do, but especially here in the scripture thing about second Corinthians 13 verse five, where Paul says to examine yourselves, to test yourselves, basically to see whether you are in the faith. And so, um, the more often we check ourselves, the more often we evaluate where we're at, the better, um, the closer we will find ourselves to uh, that standard right. that's been set for us. Yeah, absolutely. In James chapter one, right? That That is our standard, right? That we check ourselves by. Um, you look at the scriptures, you line your life up with it. Is it parallel with it? If it's not, where is it not? And am I willing and ready to make those changes? You know, I talked um, we in Bible class last Sunday, the time of recording this, um, I filled in for one of our elders um, here at Roanoke and I was teaching Bible class and it was over really, I guess, kind of like the, the, the birth of the church, Acts chapter one, Acts chapter two, and talked about, you know, the, the gospel sermon that Peter preached and how there was a response by them um, at that time, right? They were pricked in the heart and they said, verse 37, men and brethren, what shall we do? But then you fast forward, you know, some six chapters uh, and you get, or five chapters, you get to chapter seven, the gospel is preached again. And the same reaction is had where it, hearts are pricked. But instead of saying, you know, what shall we do? They say, you know, where's the stones? Well, you know, where, where can we go to, to, to kill this man? So, um, you always are presented with a choice every time you open up the scriptures, every time you you hear a sermon or hear some kind of uh, biblical uh, lesson and there's application there, you always have an opportunity to do something with it, right? And all of that comes within self-analyzing, but it's up to you as an individual to make that choice, right? To, to, to put that into action. Right. And it's molding our lives to what we read in the Bible, not the other way around. Sure. Um, it's, it's analyzing ourselves, testing ourselves against the scriptures and seeing, is what I'm reading in front of me, does that, does my life match that? And if not, I need to do something about it. And the the farther you get away from that, the harder it will be to come back to that, that standard that we read in the scripture. So I think that consistent check, that consistent evaluation, that analysis you're talking about is what's going to keep us true, keep us, you know, strong and keep us as close to 
to the right that we're supposed to be. Right. Well, and why, why, and you think about it, why do I do that? Why do I live the, the life according to this specific standard? Well, John chapter 12 and verse 48, right? By the words of Jesus, we're going to be judged, not by our own version of, you can make the scriptures say whatever you want, right? Second Peter chapter three, verse 17 talked about the people who tortured and perverted the scriptures. You can do that and you can make it say what you want it to say and you can make it line up with your life. But in the end, that's not what you're going to be judged by. You're going to be judged by the standard of Jesus Christ, by his authority, his message. Um, and if we don't live up to that, then uh, we're going to be hearing a message on the day of judgment that we certainly don't want to hear. Um, so I think that's important for us to keep in mind. Ben, let me ask you this. How do we approach people? Um, or I guess, how do you, how do you approach Christians who aren't living the life of a Christian? And I think this can be really, really difficult because, you know, you want to continue keeping your relationships. You don't want to burn bridges. You want to make sure that you're doing things, you know, in the right attitude, in the right way. But we also, as Christians still have a responsibility upon us, right. To approach people. So how, how do you think we should approach Christians who aren't living the way that they should be? Like you said, it's something that can, uh, generally speaking, can be very difficult for a number of reasons. Number right. one, we don't tend, we tend to like to shy away from conflict, which um, is is probably natural. Sure. Um, and it's sometimes hard because many times we view other Christians and and saying kind of have that attitude of well they know better, and so right. sometimes that's frustrating. But we can't handle everybody with that. And I think the bottom line: how do we approach a Christian who may not be living the way they're supposed to live? I think it's ultimately with love. And yeah. I realize that's kind of an obvious answer maybe, um, but it all really comes across with, with love because people do, you know, they want to be treated well, right? We treat right. others how we want to be treated, and they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Uh, Ephesians 4.15, speaking the truth in love. 1 Corinthians 16.14, let all that you do be done with love. So I think it all starts with love. When they feel that love, I think that's ultimately when they might, you know, hold on a second. They care about me enough to bring this up to me. Right. What, what's going on here? But also I think it comes back to being an example yourself. Uh, it's taking care of yourself first, you know, right. removing the plank out of your Absolutely. eye before you're worried about the speck in somebody else's eye. Cause again, the second they see you not practicing what you preach, uh, it's, it's just going to land on, on deaf ears. Yep. No, you're exactly right. Um, I think love is the key component. Again, we kind of started out this whole episode this way, right? Talking about the importance of love within us as characteristic, as a characteristic of being a Christian. But, um, you know, if you approach somebody in love, that means that you have automatically squashed out any kind of pride or arrogance that you might have when you approach them. And if you approach them with the pride and arrogance, you know, people can immediately see that and they are immediately turned off and they're not going to listen to you, even if you are saying the right thing, but you may be saying it in the wrong way. Um, and certainly that's not what we need to do, need to be doing. So love certainly is the way to do it. Um, and then I think you made an excellent point, making sure that we self continually self-analyze ourselves, right? Like we talked about just a moment mm -hmm. ago, making sure that we're living the right kind of life. Um, and when people see that within us and again, it's not even the idea of perfection, right? It's the idea of seeing us try to do the right thing, understanding that, yes, we're going to fall down and we're going to make mistakes too, but we get back up and we keep trying and we keep striving to do the right thing. And when people see that, um, it makes it, make, it makes it all that makes you all that more approachable or able to be approached, um, right. by certain people. Cause no one's going to, I mean, if they see you doing something and saying, doing something and saying something else, they're not going to care right. like about what you, what you have to say. And so, I mean, that's one good quality of a, of a leader, right? They never expect anything more, uh, 
out of the ones they lead than they do for themselves. They yeah. never ask uh, others to do anything that they wouldn't do themselves. Right. And so I think that's kind of the way we handle these types of people too. It's, it's encouraging them. It's showing them this loving attitude, realizing that we're not compromising anything that's, that the scriptures say, but yet we are just reiterating this standard and saying, Hey, you know, I care about you and this is what I'm seeing. Let's, let's get through this together. You see, you know, I, maybe I struggle with this yeah. and this is how I overcame it. Let me help you with this. Or is there, you know, maybe just asking, uh, ways that you can help them. You know, it's just more so op- open line of communication. And like you said, removing that arrogance and that pride out of the way and ultimately having that loving attitude, because that's where we ultimately need to come from because we truly care about their soul. Yeah. And if we don't, then uh, we're not in the right mindset anyway. And we need to, again, check ourselves at that point. Right. No, you're exactly right. Let's, let's circle back to, to us as individuals, as we begin to close out this episode, what are some things that you and I can do to better live our lives uh, for Christ. As we've talked this whole season, specifically these last few episodes about the living the life of a Christian, what are some things I can do better uh, to, to make sure I do that? Well, um, I wrote a couple things down here and some of them bounce off of what we were just talking about. Um, but I think number one, it's consistently self-analyze, sure. self-assess, self-evaluate, and hold yourself accountable to the scriptures, hold yourself accountable for that assessment that you've done for yourself. You know, if you see a difference, change it and be diligent in that change. Um, Another thing I think is in this world, set your priorities uh, and set them to what they should be, but then also stick to them. You know, many times we, we can talk the talk, but we oftentimes fail to walk the walk. We can say that we should be at uh, Bible class and, and worship at every time the doors are open, but maybe sometimes we fail at that. And again, people see that, others see that, um, but we can't give in. We have to set our priorities and we have to stick to them. And that's something that can be enough of a challenge in and of itself. And I think right there, if we, if we improve that, I think we'll see an improvement in our overall uh, spiritual life as well. And I think the, uh, the last thing that I at least wrote down here uh, for now, anyway, I guess we can continue talking about <laughs> it, but uh, with the idea of being transformed is that we have to be comfortable being different, right? If we're comfortable being in the, I guess you could say the minority if you work in the secular world or things like that, but it's being secure and comfortable in your, um, the difference that you, that you find yourself in and living the Christian life. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I think it's important. Um, you know, one of the things you, uh, well, um, I lost my train of thought. Um, what was the second one you said on your list? Priorities. Priorities, yes. Priorities. So, okay. Okay, here, here it is. Um, <laughs> so I think sometimes this can become kind of like New Year's resolutions for us, right? Like right. you start out and you're, you're strong, you're great, you're, you're ready to go. And then, you know, a few weeks in, you're like, uh, I've kind of faltered on this. Maybe I'll just pick it up at a later thought. Um, we need to make sure that as Christians, right, this is not something that we just do for a little bit and then put down and then maybe pick back up again later and then put back down. This is something that is consists of our entire lives, our entire beings. Um, and also, I think it needs to be something to make sure that we don't just go through the motions in it, too. That can be extremely easy to mm-hmm. fall into, right? Living the life of a Christian, just doing it and just checking off the, the boxes, so to speak, just so you can say, hey, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing but your heart's not in it. Your mind is not in it. Um, that can be as detrimental in other areas uh, as well. Um, so I think a lot of things to consider there. Yeah. I think, and like you mentioned, the longer you go without it, the harder it's going to be to get back in yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's just like the same we talked about. I just keep using the 
I guess the, the diet analogy yeah. that I used yeah. earlier, you know, the longer you find yourself um, neglecting that healthy diet, the harder it is to get back into it. Yep. And that's the same thing with, you know, with um, our Christian life, same thing with our, our, the way, you know, we reading the scriptures in the scripture, maybe our church attendance is the same thing. You know, we miss once. Okay. We miss twice each time. It gets a little bit easier. Right. And the longer you go without, let's just say church attendance, for example, the longer you go without it, it's going to be that much harder getting back into it. And so that's where that consistent, like we talked about self-analysis comes into play to not let ourselves get so detached that we can't um, reattach, if you will. Obviously yeah. we know there's always a way back, right? right. But uh, that way back can get awful difficult if we let it go and let it go and let it go. Sure. No, you're exactly right, man. Ben, I appreciate you. Appreciate your thoughts, hopping on the podcast. Uh, appreciate you taking some time and uh, sharing, sharing some of these things about living life for a Christian, man. Really appreciate it. No problem, man. Enjoyed it and always enjoy coming on. Hopefully we'll be on again soon. Absolutely, man. Appreciate all of you for listening to this particular podcast here on the Scattered Abroad Network. We always say go to our website, scatteredabroad.org. You can find all of the podcasts that we have and offer there or find them on whatever podcast platform it is that you use. Please leave us a rating or review. Uh, certainly give this a share and a like. Uh, we look forward to being with you um, next season, I guess we've got a couple months off, um, coming into the months of June and July. Uh, we have some summer content that comes out a couple podcasts that only air over the summer. So be looking out for those. Um, Jameson Stewart has a new podcast that's coming out this summer as well. That will also only air over the summer. Um, Jameson is the current host of the days gone by podcast. Also the uh, used to host the Asking God Why podcast. That podcast has been archived uh, since then. He's moved on to some other things for us, but um, be looking out for those over the next couple of weeks. Um, and until then, we're look for, looking forward to being with you on this podcast uh, back in August, I believe it is. So until then, thank you so much and God bless.